Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Hey, welcome to Politico Tech. Today is Tuesday, December 5th. I'm your host, Stephen Overly. The tech race between the US and China is playing out on many fronts, from AI to microchips. And lawmakers on both sides of the aisle warn there's one front where the US is losing ground, digital trade. After a pair of recent events, their concerns have kicked into overdrive. First, Biden's top diplomat at the World Trade Organization said the U.S. would abandon its push for global trade rules that protect companies' data and source code from meddlesome governments. Then, a couple of weeks later, the administration halted negotiations over a digital trade pact with allies in the Indo-Pacific and later failed to deliver any trade pact at all after over a year of talks. For their part, those U.S. trade officials argue that Congress has not passed domestic laws on issues like data privacy and antitrust, and that political attitudes have shifted considerably in recent years. So any agreement on the global stage could actually hamper policymaking here at home. It's an argument that has won praise from progressive Democrats, but frankly, few others. Two of the outspoken critics on Capitol Hill are Republican Congressman Darren LaHood and Democratic Congresswoman Susan DelBene the co-chairs of the House Digital Trade Caucus. On the show today, Representatives LaHood and Delbene outline what they see as Biden's digital trade blunders and why those could inadvertently help China. Here's our conversation. Congressman LaHood, I'll put this question to you. For a refrain I've heard from a number of Republicans when it comes to sort of the concerns about the Biden administration's position on digital trade is that sort of walking away from these digital trade priorities creates a vacuum that China is going to fill with its own influence. What is your concern there? Well, I share the concern of many of my colleagues when it comes to China and a number of our other adversaries that we not allow China in particular to write the rules of the digital economy. And obviously the PRC and the CCP have a much more restrictive model of of digital governance And they have something called the Golden Shield Project or the Great Firewall that we've heard about. And so when we think about what China and our other adversaries are doing, we should be the ones leading the way globally and internationally, uh, writing the rules of digital and, and the rules of the road for the future. And it concerns me that that leadership of the U.S. is not being exerted. And that's why I've been somewhat critical through the Digital Trade Caucus of the Biden administration and the approach they've taken. Is that a concern that you share? Well, if we're not helping write the rules, others are going to write the rules. And so we want to be rule makers, not rule takers. So absolutely, in the absence of U.S. leadership, others are going to write those rules. And clearly, especially when we look at the Indo-Pacific, where China is such a big player in the economy of the region, if we aren't there and engaged in writing the rules there, others will be. And We should be writing the rules with like-minded partners, folks who share our values, who care about making sure we're standing up for human rights and equality. Uh, This is going to be a really difficult situation if we're not at that table doing that. So it is definitely a concern. And Congresswoman Delmeni, I wonder if that, you know, worries you as well, given that we're heading into an election year. Competition with China is top of mind for voters. It's going to certainly be 
commonly talked about on the campaign trail. Is this a vulnerability here for this administration? Well, I think it's just an important policy that we need to be addressing. We need to be looking broadly. Obviously, digital trade's a big part of it, but we need to be looking broadly at making sure we're putting policy that's keeping up with the innovation that we've seen in digital in so many ways, obviously in trade, but even core policies like consumer data privacy, we're behind. And, you know, that's a important role that Congress needs to play to move forward and put domestic policy in place. We're talking about trade and what we do in terms of international policy. That is one very, very important area we need to work on. We also need to be working on domestic policy and privacy would be a great place to start. But that's something that we can do that would also help our efforts internationally because we could look to domestic policy to help us think about what the roles should be internationally. Well, with that in mind and, and sort of what Congress can do, you know, I'll, I'll come to you, Congressman LaHood here, because the Office of the U.S. Trade Representative has essentially made the argument that negotiating these digital trade rules would tie the hands of Congress, you know, and let's face it, Congress has not yet passed laws on data privacy or antitrust, harmful online content, or kind of a number of digital issues. Why shouldn't the administration kind of wait to take direction from Congress here? Well, I would argue, Stephen, if you look at the digital chapters of USMCA, which we did pass in a bipartisan way, and you look at how we treated digital there in terms of competition, in terms of preventing protectionist data flows, localization restrictions, and prohibiting web blocking, we advanced that in a very bipartisan way through the USMCA. And I would argue those digital chapters as a part of that should be the formula moving forward and should be embraced by the administration. Obviously, it was a bipartisan effort with Republicans and Democrats is a larger package, but I think we should highlight that. I would secondarily just say, you know, we lead the world in digital and technology, and we ought to embrace that. And as the digital economy continues to grow, we need to ensure that our trade policies modernize along with that. And I don't see the administration being as aggressive or recognizing that and moving forward. And I think that's going to hurt us competitively. You know, speaking of USMCA, some of the division on digital trade policy seems to be coming from within the Democratic Party. You know, progressives have argued that these digital trade positions are kind of a giveaway to big tech companies. I think some of them are not necessarily thrilled with how the digital trade chapter of USMCA ultimately came out. And so I wonder what your message would be to sort of folks within your own party about the right way to move forward here on digital trade? Well, first of all, I definitely agree that we have a strong template in USMCA. We put it together, it was bipartisan and had strong support. Strong support for workers, for small businesses, it, broad, strong support. And then the other thing is where there's a lot of talk about big tech but I think what's lost when we talk about digital and digital trade is this is important policy for all sectors of our economy and for all types of businesses, very small businesses. Small businesses are using digital platforms to reach markets they've never been able to reach before. Digital trade addresses that. So I think there's been kind of this categorization that this is policy limited to one particular industry and a few players in industry. And that's just not true. This impacts all parts of our economy. And so I think it's very, very important when we look at policy, how critical it is that we move forward with strong policy that's going to help workers and small businesses and all types of sectors, um, not just folks doing 
tech products. I mean, digital trade facilitates a lot of trade in physical goods. It's not just about the trade of digital products. And that's also, I think, another place where sometimes people are concerned. And then when we look at rights, making sure we have free and open internet and avoid authoritarianism, then we're talking about issues of human rights and civil rights. And these are also important values for us to uphold. So it's very, very critical. I think people need to realize how broad this kind of idea of what we do on digital and digital trade is and how important it is to so many pieces of our economy and to our lives more broadly. And I wonder for each of you, I mean, are you able to convince enough of your colleagues of that for Congress to potentially take action here? It it does sort of seem like there's some agreement among centrist Democrats and Republicans and bipartisanship there, but it's sort of the, the farther right and farther left wings of each party that are maybe harder to bring into this. Well, Stephen, I would just say I also serve on the Select Committee on China, and it's been very very bipartisan in terms of how do we win the strategic competition against China? And I think you do that on the economic front. And digital plays such a huge role in that. And I've been very, not necessarily surprised, but been very encouraged by the work on the Select Committee on China as it relates to digital, particularly when you look at what we're up against with China and some of our adversaries. You know, if you look, for instance, at the Digital Silk Road Initiative, which China talks about, I mean, this really gets to our values as Americans because China promotes censorship and surveillance. Uh, It's a surveillance state, human rights abuses, forced technology transfers. They obviously severely restrict free data flow. And I think it's really black and white in terms of what the U.S. and what digital in U.S. stands for. And I think collectively in a bipartisan way through the Select Committee on China and through our Digital Trade Caucus, I think there's a lot of room to bring on other members. And when part of what we do on the Digital Trade Caucus, Susan and I, is it's educating members, it's being good advocates, it's educating staff on the important issues like we're talking about here today and reminding folks how important it is to win this competition when it comes to digital. Yeah, I think Darren brought up a very important point, which is this also has been an area where a lot of education has been important. A lot of the challenges we've had in putting policy together in the digital space is that people don't understand it very well and have been hesitant to move forward in an area where they don't understand. And things are changing constantly, which I actually think makes it even more important that we do foundational work and build on that. There's always a danger to continue to think you have to do bigger and bigger policy, broader and broader policy to address all the issues that kind of encompass digital. And the challenges with that is as you kind of try to do everything, you end up doing nothing. Right. So my proposal has always been start on something really foundational like consumer data privacy, start and get core foundational policy in place and then start to build on that because I think that's much more actionable, can move us forward. The EU might be an example where they started following a similar path, doing something, building on it, continuing to move forward. We should do that. We are the innovators. We are, you know, the ones who have really built a lot of the digital economy. So we bring a lot to the table and we need to be those rule makers and use that knowledge and use it in policy. And then lastly, we've got to be more flexible and a little more quick moving in policy because innovation is going to keep moving if we wait 10 years to do something, we will be behind. And, you know, right now we're already behind. We'll be right back. 
The Biden administration is moving forward with a slew of new regulations that put products like semiconductors, electric vehicles, modern healthcare technology, and clean energy at risk. Chemistry is essential to our modern lives, creating products to help foster a more sustainable and competitive future. The Biden administration must change its course and work with manufacturers on science-based policies that protect American innovation. Learn more at chemistrycreates.org. And we're back. Let me ask you this. You know, U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai has sort of indicated that the Biden administration is now developing its own digital trade policies and kind of revamping its approach with the WTO. And we saw this in the Indo-Pacific Economic Framework negotiations, though those weren't concluded as expected in November. Have you all been consulted on what the administration is going to do on digital trade? Do you have a sense of the direction it wants to take this? Stephen, I would just comment. I think Ambassador Tai has been very accessible to particularly the Ways and Means Committee and on the digital. I'm not always sure she's the ones making the decisions. I think a lot of it's done internally within the White House and maybe being directed with a different agenda on that. But it goes back to, you know, our allies around the globe, particularly in the Indo-Pacific region, are craving U.S. leadership. And it's really important that we step up to the plate and do that. You know, we've Susan and I have had a number of letters in a bipartisan way that we've sent out over the last few months on these issues and just impressing upon the administration to be engaged here on this. And I wish I could tell you that we were at a point where I thought I had confidence that they have the kind of the same level of enthusiasm that we have, but I don't have that confidence at this point. But I think we got to keep pushing and keep having the discussion and the dialogue. I also think to have strong long-term policy, Congress needs to be involved. And when we talk about trade, Congress needs to be involved. So engagement with Congress, and in particular in the Ways and Means Committee that we both serve on, is going to be very, very important to make sure that we have good, solid, foundational long-term policy in place. And so it is unfortunate when the administration pulled out on digital trade in these areas that there wasn't consultation with Congress on that. And we do have policy in place, like in USMCA, to build off of. So this should be a collaborative effort. And if we do nothing, and while we're while we're doing nothing, others are absolutely moving forward in ways that we should be concerned about. So then I guess the question is, what's sort of the next step for you both and for Congress? Because obviously, you know, I know that You've written letters expressing kind of these frustrations to the administration. Before hosting this podcast, I covered trade, and I've read probably a dozen letters over the last two years or so expressing kind of frustration with the trade agenda and with consultation with Congress here. So what's sort of the next step that you all can take to push the administration in the direction you'd like to see them go here? Well, I I think, uh, go ahead, Susan. Oh, I was just going to say there is the next ministerial for the WTO is in February. That's important when we talk about things like e-commerce and the ongoing work there. We're also going to continue to work with our colleagues, to work with the Senate, stakeholders in various industries who think tanks, everyone who understands how important digital trade is to look to continue to push and find a path forward. We also have to continue to look at trade barriers that have been placed. We haven't talked much about tax policy here, but digital services taxes going into place, especially from Canada, are things that result because we have not come to common agreement on issues of digital trade or kind of how we look at even 
taxing digital goods and digital services. So we're going to continue to push on these issues. Those are the things I think that at least are going to be important in the short term, but there's always going to be work to do in this space. Stephen, I would just add that there is obviously a strong role for Congress and particularly the Ways and Means Committee to be involved. And I would just say on IPATH, um, I, I, many Republicans have been critical of that just because of the lack of enforcement mechanism. And I don't think it's getting the traction that I think the administration thought it would and people gravitating towards that the way that other trade agreements we've done in the past. And so I hope there's a recognition of that. But there is no doubt Congress has to play a role. We have to be more bold and push the administration at every step to get some of these things done. Let me ask you one last question. I appreciate you both spending so much time on the podcast. And it might be a cynical journalist question, uh, so I apologize in advance for that. But I have heard some of these arguments for a while now that there's some bipartisan path forward on trade and that these are sort of priorities that should get taken up. So far, that hasn't happened. And I guess my, my question is just, with us heading into an election year, does that make it more or less likely that we might actually see movement on these issues in the next 12 months? Clearly, getting anything done in this Congress has been difficult. I mean, we haven't even funded the government for more than a month or two at a time. So if we talk about doing the basics, like getting funding bills through, we have a security package, FAA reauthorization, a defense authorization, all of these things are backed up. So when I look at the House in terms of work we're doing, unfortunately, we've had a lot of chaos and dysfunction. And so doing much of anything is hard because the basics haven't been getting done. So I have a lot of concerns about what is going to get accomplished the rest of this Congress. But in particular, I put a lot of that concern on the House right now and in a situation where basic important legislation isn't moving. So it's hard to see how we're going to move in some of these other areas when we can't get basic funding bills done. I would just add, Stephen, that you referenced an election year. Traditionally, we have not been able to get much done in an election year. But to Susan's point, we haven't got much done this year. And I think a good inflection point will be, how do we do over the next two and a half weeks here? Because there's really, you know, we have to do FAA, we have to do NDAA, we have a supplemental package coming over. So I think a good indication, a benchmark will be, how do we govern in the next two and a half weeks here to get some of these things passed. And then, of course, in January, we're going to be up against the continuing resolution or the funding of government. I think those will be good inflection points. If we are successful in doing that, I think that could bode well for the first quarter and second quarter, which will be the time to work on trade issues and get some of these other things done. And also a tax package. There's in the background a tax package that we need to get done sometime next year. So Let's see how we do in the next six weeks here. Well, I know you're both headed off to votes right now. Thank you for joining us on Politico Tech. Thank you. Thank you. That's all for today's Politico Tech. I asked USTR spokesman Sam Michelle to respond to some of the criticisms heard from Representatives LaHood and Del Bene. He said it was, quote, absolutely false that USTR's position on digital trade cedes ground to China and Russia and that U.S. trade officials will not hesitate to push back on proposals that run counter to the country's interests. He also said that conversations with members of Congress reveal a lack of consensus on digital trade, and that ultimately, Congress is the one that needs to act on regulation. That's all for today's Politico Tech. For more tech news, subscribe to our newsletters, Digital Future Daily and Morning Tech, Music in today's episode comes from the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder, 
Our producers are Annie Reese, Kara Tabor, and Philip Frobos. And our editors are Steve Hoiser, Daniela Cheslow, and Louisa Savage. I'm Stephen Overly. I'll meet you back here tomorrow.